Hey, Chosen Chosen Girl fam. I'm Liz. I'm Sarah. And welcome to season six of the Tell Me About It podcast. This season, we are so excited to bring you more chats about where real life meets the gospel of Jesus. And stay tuned as this season, we are bringing you even more special guests. Plus, a brand new mini-series on Jesus, what he means to us, and the specific words he spoke while here on earth. If you aren't caught up, feel free to subscribe and binge our first five seasons wherever you find your podcast. And if this podcast has impacted you, we would be honored if you rated us within your podcast app of choice. Grab your Chick-fil-A nuggets with us. And and let's let's get this party started. (laughs) We've watched Encanto too many times and I'll watch it again. Yes, we will. Welcome back, everyone. Hey. Hey. Happy Easter week. Happy Holy Week. Oh, I, Praise I love God. Easter week. Easter is one of my favorite holidays. Same. Why do you love it so much? Outside of like the very obvious answer, because, you know, it's the, the story. It's the story of the gospel. Like right. The reason why we're, why we're even here. It was always a sweet time for me because it was filled full of family. Like Thanksgiving yes. and Easter were the two holidays that we spent with extended family. And so it was always a time for us to come together and to just be thankful. It was like, it was like having Thanksgiving again, yeah. except for instead of just being thankful for other people, we're also thankful for Jesus. So it was like an all encompassing kind of event. I love that. Why'd you love Easter? Um, just kind of the tradition that goes behind it too. Like mm-hmm. you said, like with family, getting to see particular family that you may not get to see. Mm-hmm. I also really love taking communion at church, yeah. even as like when I started to understand and get older and, and kind of come of age to be able to appreciate it. Mm-hmm. I just thought that was the most special thing. Mm-hmm. And I loved that. And also there was always like special singing at church. Like yeah. someone would sing that like typically wouldn't. Mm-hmm. And I just loved that. Or skits. Don't get me started on a skit, girl. Look, we've already told this story before, but (laughs) our Easter song, like, Oh Glorious Day, was one of the how we met, but also the reason we sang at sunrise service at my church. Yes. Which, girl, the Lord loves me just the same going to the 1145 service as he does the 6 a.m. service. So that's all I got to say about that. The sentiment is real, but (laughs) the struggle, too. Hunter and I were talking about that. I was I was really worried and disappointed in a situation the other day. Mm-hmm. And Hunter said, Sarah, if you don't know that God's got us, like their beta club singing group was mm-hmm. supposed to sing Bruno Mars, Marry You. Yes. Which is a banger. Yeah. Like we love that. But yes, Riley and I both on the same day came to each other and said, I think we should change our song. And he's like, yeah, I think we should change it to Oh Glorious Day. And I was like, that's exactly By what I was going to suggest. Yes. Yes. Here we are. And so Hunter was like, if the Lord can orchestrate that, he can literally orchestrate anything. Like, that's Amen. the most random thing. And yep. if y'all wouldn't have sang that song, you wouldn't have been asked to come sing it at my church at the time. Mm-hmm. Like, like Hunter wasn't going to church there. Like, you guys were all just visiting. Yep. I mean, the Lord will work the, it out. Yes. So I hope that that's a word for somebody. But this week, we are wrapping up in a bow kind of our, our talk in the Gospels. Yeah. With the best conclusion that you could ever ask for, because we really didn't go over that a lot in the What He Said series. Right. We mostly just talked about the teachings of Jesus. Mm-hmm. But now we're start we're starting um, with Holy Week, with Easter being uh, Sunday, and and today that we're actually recording is Palm Sunday. Yes. So we are we're going to tie this up in a bow and talk about Jesus's death, burial, and resurrection. 
um, all of the events that led up to his crucifixion. And guys, I, I told Liz, I said, I feel like sometimes I don't really hone in on my heart and my brain when I'm reading these passages and thinking of this as a story that actually happened. Not to say yeah. I don't believe it because that's not the truth, but but because I do believe it, obviously, or we wouldn't be here. Exactly. But just thinking of it in the fact that these are real people mm-hmm. doing these things, mm-hmm. that the disciples, I, I mean, you know, we all have our great friend groups. Like our friend group consists of about 10 or 11 mm-hmm. of us and we do life together. Mm-hmm. And I know that that's like a millennial statement. Like we do in life together, yeah. but we really do. We yes. celebrate each other's wins and we grieve each other's losses together. Mm-hmm. We go through different seasons. Like we're going through, you know, people getting married and, and watching their love story unfold and, mm-hmm. and, you know, starting to have children and, and like, that's so fun. It is to see different friends in different walks and seasons of life mm-hmm. go through that. And the disciples did the same things with Jesus. They yeah. they spent three years of their life in devotion to him, following him, and they also had to watch him be crucified. Mm-hmm. And then they also got to experience him being resurrected. Right. Yeah. So there's a lot to unpack. With all that being said... This week is a perfect time, and we can we can share these passages. You know, take take one of the Gospels each day of the week and just read the Easter story. Yes. It's just a couple of chapters. It won't take you more than five to ten minutes, and it's just a really sweet reminder. There's so many. I mean, Sarah and I both read, I think it's safe to say we both read the Gospels a dozen times, and the Easter story specifically, and still we were like, whoa, I don't think I've noticed that before. Yes. There's always something new that can be uncovered. Yeah, so we're actually, if you follow us on Instagram, and it should translate to Facebook as well in Facebook stories, but we're doing a story study mm-hmm. um, for every day of the week. We're doing a gospel. So Matthew and Mark will start us out Monday and Tuesday, mm-hmm. and then Luke and John. And I know y'all are listening to this on on Tuesday, so we'll make sure to put this in a highlight so that you can go back if you missed Mondays. But um, what a better what better time to focus on that than now. Yeah. And we're also going to be posting a reading plan too. Like Liz said, it really wouldn't take any more than five or 10 minutes a day. Um, if you're wanting to turn your heart toward the story of what happened, mm-hmm. that's a great way to do that is to honor each gospel account of what happened. And we're going to be talking about that a little bit um, as we recap uh, the death, burial and resurrection of Jesus in this episode, but we're also going to talk about like, how can we observe Easter fully in our heart? Yeah. You want to talk about that first? Yeah. Let's talk about that first. You yeah. read my mind. Sure. So I know that we all have like our different family traditions and things like that. And honestly, I know, I don't know about you guys, but at Christmas, sometimes I really miss the forest for the trees, so to speak, because you're so focused on the busyness yeah. of the holiday that you really forget what you're actually celebrating. Mm-hmm. And sis, I know you're a PK too. So mm-hmm. PKs, we serve in the church. Yep. Like, you know, like there was a lot of things in preparation. I, I always joked and called Easter the Super Bowl of church. Oh my gosh, because it is. Because it is. Yep. Like how many pamphlets have we folded? Oh my gosh, yes. How many times have we vacuumed a floor or prepared music or anything like that? Serving breakfast at the sunrise service. Honey, and that <laughs> breakfast was so good, I will never forget that breakfast. It was delicious. <laughs> but it's really important to be intentional mm-hmm. with how we spend our time this week so that we can properly honor 
what happened. As we should. As we should. Mm-hmm. So one thing, I don't know about you, yeah. but one thing that Hunter and I do personally, we watch the Narnia series. I love that y'all do that. Because C.S. Lewis beautifully writes, mm-hmm. and I know that there's a lot of actual, like, of his writing that goes into it as well, like the wardrobe and, mm-hmm. you know, Narnia being this this magical land. But right. y'all, I just, I cannot help but to see Jesus all throughout the story when Aslan is being, if you haven't seen this, I'm sorry. Like, first of all, where have you been? Have you been hiding under rock? That's true. Second of all, it's, I think that it's on uh, Disney Plus. I think it all, is. F- all three or four. Of, are, there, are there four? I think there's three. I think there's three. But when Aslan, okay, first of all, rewind. If you've seen this movie, you hate Edmund. Yes. That is a commonality we all have. And I had not seen this movie um, since I was a child. And Hunter and I watched it. We started this tradition in Mm -hmm. 2020 in uh, quarantine. He was like, we should watch the Narnia series since it's Easter weekend. Mm -hmm. I was like, sure, that sounds great. And so I hadn't watched it since I was a child. And I was like, man. This Edmund guy, like, like he's the worst. He is the worst. <laughs> like I, he is my least favorite character. And when Aslan takes the fall mm-hmm. and just sacrifices himself, yeah, for Edmund, mm-hmm. it all started to click. Yes, and I'm like, we are Edmund. We are Edmund. We are all him. Mm-hmm. And yet, even at the end, with, once Aslan resurrects victorious yes over the white witch Mm -hmm. and i also i was telling uh liz i think susan and lucy are mary and martha yeah and i think that peter is peter because he was the prince and and peter was the disciple that giant sword that's right uh (laughs) jesus built his church on he was Mm -hmm. the rock and uh when he rises victorious edmund still has a seat yeah at the table. Mm-hmm. Not only that, he's still considered royalty mm-hmm. in Narnia. Wow. And that's exactly when I think about what Jesus has done for us. Not mm-hmm. only does he redeem and say, I'm going to take the punishment that you deserve, but then after that, you still have a place. Right. You're still chosen. You are still a child of God. Oh. And so that's something that really gets us in the in the spirit, in mm-hmm. the gratitude mindset and heart posture Mm -hmm. for Easter. Yeah. I love that. What about you, girl? What would you say to our our listeners who are wanting to just really hone in? For me, it's a change in my prayers and it's a change in what I'm reading because I usually do do go back and read one of the accounts of the Easter story. Um, And I do like to read more than one if you can get through either the full chapter or like the you know, one of the gospels like we've already been talking about or just specifically picking one each day. But I do go back and change that. And I think um, during that time, my personal prayers become more focused on it's a, it's a time of gratitude, but also a an opportunity, giving up and saying, God, transform my heart. Yes. I am. I have this life. I have this, the gifts, the everything, everything that I am is because of what you did on this one day. Let right. me not forget it. Let me show it. Make me bold to share your, to share your gospel. You know, give me patience when I need patience. Give me wisdom when I need wisdom to do your will. Yeah. And it's a it's a humbling kind of week in my eyes. Um, 
but outwardly, I guess there's not necessarily like a, a movie tradition or a book tradition that I did with my family outside of, you know, getting together just in that preparation. But that's something that I started when I was in graduate school and I still love to go back to. And so I was really glad to see that like my church had a reading plan through Mark yeah. this year, which was really sweet and that we've been doing this. So it's been usually whereas I pick either one book or just to read the Easter portions of all the gospels. Mm-hmm. I've gotten all of that the last few weeks and I've loved it and I plan on coming back to it every year from now on. Yes. And that's what we're doing with chosen girl as our Mm -hmm. community together this week. Um, we also wrote down, you know, have a time where you take communion. Yes. Whether that's with your church, Mm -hmm. but, but Jesus says, do this in remembrance of me. Mm -hmm. And I think that we should because he said so. Um, and then also we wrote down as well. It's so, great to reflect specifically on what the death and resurrection of Jesus means Mm -hmm. to your personal testimony. Because like we said, we're all in Edmund. Honestly, we're all a Judas or a Peter. Mm -hmm. Um, And we'll talk about this more, but you know, we look at Judas as the great betrayer of Jesus because he did. He betrayed him for 30 pieces of silver Mm -hmm. with a kiss. But Peter, I can so resonate with Peter. Like I would never deny Jesus but we do. Yep. When I pick my will over God's. That, every time. Every time. When I try to take control mm-hmm. versus trusting mm-hmm. or having faith. Every time. But obviously all of us would say, I would never do that to God. We would, We think we never would. I know. And we do. Mm-hmm. So when I think about what Jesus particularly means to my personal testimony, it yeah. changes everything. It, it becomes a personal thing to you. And then, like you said, sharing the gospel with someone, you know, when he is on the beach and cooking breakfast for the disciples mm-hmm. after his resurrection and they don't recognize him yet. Yeah. He says, do you love me? Mm-hmm. Feed my sheep. Yep. Do you, He asks three times, do you love me? Three is the magic number. It really is. We're going to talk about that, too. Yeah. So do you want to uh, jump on in to yeah. the, the account of... All that we celebrate this week. Oh my gosh. Yes, there's so there's so much. So I'm gonna cover Matthew and Mark and there's obviously there's a lot that is repeated. Um, and so I'll just hit the, some of the highlights, but if you've been listening, you know that Matthew was the first book of the Bible that I personally fell in love with when I was a kid. And so it's all, I always love coming back to it, but we're going to start in Matthew 26 and I'm just going to just touch on a couple of things as we go down. So six through 13 talks about, um, when the woman came and, you know, essentially preparing Jesus for burial. Mm -hmm. She had no idea that that's what it was. It was an outpouring of worship. And I love coming, starting with that when in the Easter story, because that's what every day should look like for us. Oh girl. It wasn't prepared. She wasn't preparing for Easter. She wasn't preparing for Jesus to die. She was, she was literally giving all that she had in that moment. Um, and I just thought that it was so beautiful. And there's, and I'll I'll pop over to Mark for just one second. In Mark fourteen eight, um, when the other disciples are just are kind of scolding her, saying like, "What are you doing? This could have been sold for a high price. All this perfume." And um, in my version, said um, she did what she could. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that just it it just struck a chord with me. The call as we share the gospel, as we um, as we do what we're what we're called to, the Great Commission. You know, go out and make disciples. Right. You know, be fishers of men, do what you can. Yes. 
it is, no one asked if you had the fanciest or the most or what kind or what you had to give, but are you giving what you can with a willing and, and giving heart? Right. Um, so I think that's one of the things that helps with your, our posture as we walk into Easter as well. Well, I think that we think about comparison with what we want to give. Mm-hmm. Like, well, I'm looking at this person in leadership or in church or in ministry or whatever, and that seems so much prettier or easier than what I have to give. But no, if if you go back and reread in one of Paul's letters, I think it may be Colossians, him talking about the body of Christ. I could be completely wrong. It may be Ephesians. Anyway, just Google yeah. the body of Christ. Every part has a purpose yeah. and every part is equally important. Absolutely. It truly is. So skipping on down to verses 23 through 25, um, Sarah can attest that this audibly made me laugh. Um, because of what it says, but essentially, um, the drama, it, it is the drama. <laughs> Jesus is saying, he's like the one who dipped his hand into the bowl or who's shared food with me will betray me. Um, the son of man will go as, um, will j- go just as it's written about him. So he's saying like, this is fulfilling the prophecy that you've been hearing for thousands of years. But what was the man that bet- betrays the son of man? It would be better for him if he had not been born is what he says. That's how bad it that, is. I know oh. it's, and here's the thing, down in, in verse 25, it says, then, Jesus, then Judas, we all know, Judas, the one who would betray him, said, surely you don't mean me, Rabbi. Jesus. And Jesus answered, you have said so. Now, I'll tell you that I, I read the NIV or the ESV. This is in the NIV today, but um, I skipped over to um, the message in that last verse. Um, Jesus, you know, Surely you don't mean me, rabbi or teacher. And Jesus answered, so you have said so. Um, it says, don't play games with me, Judas. <laughs> Jesus was like, I'm done with you. <laughs> I can't. I I just, I, y'all, th- I feel like that's something that I would say. To, don't play games. I say that. Don't play games with me. Yes. But don't patronize me, Judas. That's exactly what he was saying. But don't y'all know in a friend group, there's always that one. Thank God. <laughs> I can't think of one in our friend group. Praise God. But, like, when you think back to high school drama or mm-hmm. middle school drama or whatever, and somebody is open and is like, I feel like there's been some gossiping about me or whatever's been going on. And one person speaks up and they're like, no, we would never say that about you. It's that one. Yep. It's her. It's him. I'm so thankful we don't have that. But Judas. It, mm-hmm, we've seen it before. Like, Surely it's not me, Rabbi. Is it me, Jesus? He yeah. kissing. He kissing his tail. And the Lord already knows, but all that to say, so that part was, was slightly comical, but again, we are, we are all Edmund. Edmund is Judas. Like, yes. Or Peter, whichever. Yeah. Yeah. However you want to choose to deny Christ. Like we've all done it. Exactly. Yeah. We're all sinners. Yes. All all have fallen short. So absolutely. in 26 through 30, um, this is the part where it talks about communion. Um, and I love that in this, in specifically in Matthew, he talks about, um, this is my, and I'm, I'm reading 28 through, um, through 29. So this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for, for many, excuse me, poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink from this fruit of the vine from now until that day when I drink it in, with you in my father's kingdom. He will not drink from the cup that is for the forgiveness of sins until we get there. Wow. And I just, I love how that was worded and just the imagery of it. You know, it's just like when you sit down at a formal dinner, you wait. You wait until everyone is there to eat. 
And he's saying, we will not, I will not drink of this cup until we are all together, wow. until every person is seated in my, in, at my table. And I'm like, wow, that's just, who. Um, and what blows my mind still is that even though Jesus knew that Judas mm-hmm. was the betrayer, he still ate with him, he still broke bread with him, and he still washed his feet. Sure did. He sure did. And Judas knew at that moment, I feel like, that mm-hmm. Jesus knew. Another account that I, that I, Liz studied Matthew and Mark, I studied Luke and John. And in the account of Luke, mm-hmm. it talks about how when Jesus says that, that the disciples all started like questioning yes. each other. They were very paranoid. And I can't imagine the tension in that room. Somebody had to know something. Yes. Yes. Like they had all been in community with each other for three years like I Mm -hmm. said and Liz and I were talking about that I said surely one of the other disciples knew and this is just us speculating because we just we talk Mm -hmm. about the tea of the disciples right now (laughs) but you know we don't know if if anyone knew but don't y'all know that that they were probably suspicious because some well they all started questioning each other yes exactly Mm -hmm. of like maybe something's going on with Judas and you know, this is a whole different conversation here. But, like, you know, if you feel like something is going on with somebody in community with you, you like, know. check up on them. Mm-hmm. And it may be too late. They may have already done something that would make them feel shameful or, you know, mm-hmm. change things for their path or whatever. But nonetheless, mm-hmm. it's when, really important to check up some, on our people. When it's something like this, you know that you just had to be acting weird. Right. How, how can you keep... It's like, really, he was keeping a secret this large that... You know their their teacher, their their beloved Lord and Savior. He was he was just willing to to sign him over to the to the police. To yes. The anyway, it's it's wild. But um, so I'm skipping down again to um, something that Sarah had mentioned just a little bit ago, 31 through 35. Um, and again, the all of the references that go back to the Old Testament and, sh- and remind us how this is a story that has we've already we know what's going to happen. And Jesus has been literally telling them, this is, I will, you know, the temple will be broken. You know, it'll be raised again in three days over and over and over again. And they don't believe it. But again, he says this very night, you will fall away from, will fall away on account of me for what is written. I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. And that comes from, um, uh, oh my gosh, I didn't write down the verse that came from. Yes, I did. Uh, oh my gosh, my brain is full. Zachariah. Thank you so the much. The prophet. Yes. I'm like, Zach, that Zach is not the right. Old book. Zach. Old Zachy. Zach, Zachariah. Thank you. Hello. Um, and <laughs> we're just good old Zachariah. The good old Zachariah. We're just struggling around here. But um, we're hungry. Then, That's a problem. That is true. That is very true. But the next verse in 32 says, but I have, but after I have risen, I will go ahead of you into Galilee. But I love that, that Jesus is a, is a God that goes ahead. Yes. He goes ahead to prepare a place. He goes ahead in, in every sense of the word. Yes. He makes room. He makes the way so that um, even if it, it, which it will, that's in this book, it's, you know, straight and narrow mm-hmm. um, is the way that we are to follow. But he has paved it for us. Yes. We're not, we're not out there it's with not a machete. Impossible. Yes. Yeah. He's made a way for us. Well, and you know what amazes me in, in Luke? Jesus points out, and this was after his, his uh, resurrection, and he he uses the words with his these words with his disciples that we are thick headed or that they were thick headed mm-hmm. and hard hearted when it came to like he's like I told y'all this 
mm-hmm. I told y'all this when you say like he he said the temple's gonna be broke down, it's gonna mm-hmm. be re- rebuilt in three days, mm-hmm. and then we're gonna go ahead of you. Yep. And he has said these things, and if you go back and listen to the what he said series. He talked about his death all the time. All the time. In multiple Gospels, yep. multiple times in multiple Gospels. And they just, it's not recorded, but they really didn't ask a lot of questions about yep. it, apparently, unless it just wasn't recorded. But I wrote down, do we believe the word that God has already given us? Mm. Oftentimes because don't. Yes, because when all of this was happening, the disciples had a hard time believing mm-hmm. it. When they saw Jesus, which apparently what, what we can gather from Scripture is that he looked different mm-hmm. after he resurrected or he, he kind of shielded who he really was. He mm-hmm. was trying to get the disciples to believe that it was him. That's what I take from mm-hmm. it personally. But we are all thick-headed and hard-hearted. Yeah. Just like those disciples who did life with Jesus for over three years, mm-hmm. they listened to the words that he said, apparently just slipped their mind that he was going to be crucified and resurrect three yep. days later. And then they still have trouble believing it True. when it happens. Yep. And I'm like, that is me. Mm-hmm. I worry when I could be trusting God. Mm-hmm. And then when God comes through in a situation, I have trouble believing it. Mm-hmm. That's us. Anyway. Humans. Well, I've got just one more thing that I want to mention, and then I'll tack on the rest of Mark when you get towards the end. Sure. Because I've got, I kind of separated more so the beginning part portions and then the end portions. This was not planned, but that's just kind of how my brain worked for the moment. But um, one of the things that I noticed, it's not, this is not new information, but something that was specifically brought to my mind as I was reading about, um, about Jesus praying in the garden. And so, you know the boys are. It's the boys are there. I, me and my notes. Jesus prays in the garden with the boys, which is Peter and the Thunder Brothers, John and James, um, and they can't stay awake. Literally three times, Jesus is saying, "The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak." He's saying, "My flesh is failing me." Yes, I need you to pray. I need you to pray with me. Three times, homies, fast asleep. Bless their heart. He's like, I need you one hour. He's. It's not even like. This is like three or four hours, two or three days. He's saying, I need you to stay awake for an hour. <laughs> I can't do it. Me. Literally me. Hunter begging me not to fall asleep watching a movie. <laughs> Literally. And I'm like, we, we can see ourselves in it. But um, I notice all the, all the times like threes were mentioned throughout the story. The three times that they fall asleep. The three times that he was denied by Peter. The three days that he was until his resurrection. There were three men on Golgotha Hill. There was three hours of darkness. There were three women that that found him. There's the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. There's three people in the Trinity. It's three. The power of three. I can't wait to get to heaven and figure out what all of these, for lack of a better term, Easter eggs mean. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. Like we see threes a lot in the Bible. Mm-hmm. We see sevens a lot in the Bible. Mm-hmm. We see forties in the Bible. I'm like, what does it mean? <laughs> Literally. Yeah. But I think I think that the three is all pointing to the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. It's the strongest. And they're the strongest shape. Yeah, that's right. And in Ecclesiastes, it says, you know, two are better than one, but a cord of three strands is not easily broken. Exactly. Boom. Right there. You'll see it again and again and again. Yes. But um, all that to say is that when, you know, Jesus was close to death even while he was praying because of the stress of it all. Mm-hmm. And before I, I I pass this the torch over to Sarah to, to wrap up the other portion, 
when I think about Easter and I think about just the cup, um, if you all, I'm trying to think of which Harry Potter this was. It was one of the ones where um, Dumbledore is there and they're trying to get one of the one of the things and they all he's got to. They do really do, you. but he's like he's got to drink this water from this random dish in this random cave. Okay, and that scene made me think a lot about Jesus drinking the cup that is this death. Yes. And it's not the death itself. I think sometimes we think we're like, oh my gosh, like the way he was crucified was awful. I'm like, absolutely, it was. I yes, cannot it, imagine. It's the cruelest it, death. So cruel. But it was being separated from God. That is that is the cup. The That's weight of sin. The weight him. the weight for real. The weight of sin. I mean, when Jesus died, it's not like he just went and kicked it with God and back in heaven. It would not have been such a weight to just die. But sin is what separates you from the Father. Never before had he been separated. And he took on not just the sin of one person. That's what we would be responsible for without the acceptance of Jesus Christ. That's right. One person's sin. The sin of the entire world. Yes. And no wonder he began to sweat blood, knowing that that was the cup that he was preparing. He was preparing himself to partake in. I can't imagine the mental and spiritual toll. And meanwhile, the Thunder Brothers and Peter sleeping. The Thunder Brothers. Can't even get them to sit up and pray for an hour. But isn't that just like us Mm -hmm. in our weakness? Mm -hmm. Which is what makes this whole story all the more loving. And the thing is, a loving God would not go to this length Mm -hmm. to pay our ransom. A loving God? A loving God Mm -hmm. wouldn't. I'm sorry. A not loving God (laughs) would not go to this length Mm -hmm. to pay our ransom. Yeah. Mm -mm. This is the ultimate proof of God's love. So we have the events leading up to the crucifixion, which is the Last Supper, which Mm -hmm. is where Judas kind of gets called out. Right. Then we've got the garden. And Mm -hmm. I wrote down actually in the garden, you know, the guards come and get Jesus. Judas Mm -hmm. points out where he is by giving him a kiss on the cheek. Right. And Jesus calls him out there right instantly. Then. He goes, Judas, you betray me with a kiss. Here comes my betrayer. And at that point, <laughs> mm-hmm. Jesus had not called out Judas specifically. Right. Yep. Judas had said, "It's is it me, Lord? Is it me?" And Jesus, Jesus just said, "Please, just stop playing games with me." Mm-hmm. At this point, right then to his face. He says, here he comes. Yeah. This is him. Yep. And so the thing that, that, I mean, there's so many things, obviously, that I love about Jesus that really resonates with me. Yeah. That I love so much about Jesus because this is something that I tend to do is Mm -hmm. that Jesus does not defend himself. When you look at the way that Jesus answers questions, he is either, one, not answering at all. Mm -hmm. Or two, answering with love, wisdom, and truth. Yeah. They said, "Do you call yourself the King of the Jews?" He said, "You said." He basically says, "You that so you said, yeah. just you know, you said it, not me." Mm-hmm. You know. Also, with the def- like, I'm so quick to defend myself, and I'm like, "Why am I so afraid of being wrong?" Like mm-hmm. in an argument, or with injustice in the world, or whatever. It's because I'm afraid of what people will think of me, if I'm being completely honest with myself. Like, for example, I'm sure Hunter wouldn't mind if I share this. When we're in a tiff, Mm -hmm. he's like, hey, you sounded kind of ill when you said that. 
I go into, oh, I wasn't ill. I was just tired. Or blah, 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 and I go into defending myself when yeah. it could have just been like, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to sound that way. That was not my intention. Feel that. But I, being this lawyer girl that I think that I am, feel the need to defend myself. All the time. But Jesus yeah, knows the truth, and he knows he doesn't have to defend himself. But he also knows his mission and what he has to do, mm-hmm. which is why I feel like his answers are what they are. Mm-hmm. Also, let's talk about the fact that Peter cuts off a guard's ear, picks up the ear off the ground, puts it back on the guard's Here's head. The Y'all, Peter wouldn't aim it for the ear. I totally think that man, he went to swing and cut his head off. Honey, if you know Peter, the, that's the truth. The guard ducked and sliced off his ear. Hot take. I believe you. That's wonderful. That, that makes for a great movie right there. I, that's what I. That's how I pictured it happening. Yeah. I mean, how else do you? How else would you cut off someone's ear unless I, they were trying to duck you, cutting off them he- their head? I literally wrote down, "They just gonna arrest a man after straight up healing, yep, <laughs> healing someone's cut <laughs> no. off ear." They still arrested him, and that's the thing. There was never a true reason for his arrest, and even mm-hmm. Jesus says that he does. So the Pharisees are are talking about, you know, arrest this man. He is blaspheming. The people that were. The community that was cheering him in Mm -hmm. on Palm Sunday, the day that we're celebrating recording this, Mm -hmm. are the same community that are chanting crucify him. Yeah. It's five days later. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. they had a pardon, and Pilate saw no fault. Right. Pilate had the power Mm -hmm. to say, no, this man has no fault, and he let the crowd take the lead. And they said, no, crucify him. And Pilate... You know, washes his hands of yeah. the situation and mm-hmm. says, I don't want to have anything to do with this. Yeah. Which also, that could be another sermon for another day. But the way that Jesus treats his accusers and the way that he treats his enemies shows us so much mm-hmm. of the true wisdom that he has. And I feel like, to me, it also shows that he knows the truth. He does. The only time he starts to defend himself are when the Pharisees are calling him a traitor. Yeah. And he says, I've spoken everything out in the open. I've hidden nothing. Mm -hmm. So I don't understand why I'm being called a traitor. And they still say crucify him. Mm -hmm. So one of, one of the things that Liz and I read, you know, when, when he is crucified, he, he is literally given the most gruesome death that anyone could ever imagine. Yeah. And if you ever have the opportunity to watch The Passion of the Christ, it just really brings hits, it to life. Yes, it really does. Mm-hmm. Also, the Chosen series. Yeah. And it's incredibly difficult to watch. Mm-hmm. So, trigger warning there. But it's the truth of what happened. Yeah. When Jesus is there, and of course, there's so many things to unpack here that we don't have the time for of the two thieves on the cross next to him. And when he tells the one, today you'll be with me in paradise, because he believed. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that that simplicity is the gospel itself. Mm-hmm. Also, when he says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Just like you said, he had the weight of sin mm-hmm. on him. And that in that moment, he was separated from God for the first time. Mm-hmm. And I, that's heartbreaking. I'm sure that, that Jesus' heart was broken. And l- Not unless... Only- Without the, if you don't accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, it exclusively, that experience is exclusively if you don't accept him. Okay, yes, queen, if preach. You, if you accept the, Jesus as your Lord yes. and Savior, that gift that he gave already, 
It's not like it's something you have to earn. No. It's, it's already there. You just have to open your hands and receive it. Amen, girl. Then you will never have to have that experience. Amen. Praise the Lord for that. Mm-hmm. When he gives up his spirit and there was another prophecy fulfilled that he was killed and no bones were broken. Mm-hmm. They saw that he was already dead. They pierced his side, another prophecy. And in that time of crucifixion, they typically broke their legs mm-hmm. to be the last like straw that would kill them. And the pain of, of their femurs breaking would mm-hmm. kill them. And I'm, I'm sorry, I know that that's really graphic, but it's, it's the, truth. the truth of crucifixion. They saw that, they, that he was already dead mm-hmm. and they didn't break his bones. And then, like, guys, I think we just read over this part. The earth went dark yeah. for three hours. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Rocks were cracked open. And the tombs of holy people yes. who had been dead. In, yes. In, in Matthew, it literally says the tombs, were, the tombs cracked open and people came out and came to the holy city. That were dead. Like, Zombies, basically. What? We never talk about that. But it happened, mm-hmm. and it's there. But the most profound thing, in my opinion, mm-hmm. is, the t- is the tearing of the veil. Yes. So in the temple, mm-hmm. little Bible lesson, there was a place where the Spirit of God resided. Mm-hmm. And it was so powerful that they would tie a rope to the ankle of a priest or he would hold it mm-hmm. while he was going into it called the Holy of Holies. Right. And there was a curtain dividing it from the rest of the temple. And that's where people would make their request or prayers or petitions well, known to and, their priest. And then he would go into the Holy of Holies. It, because at that point in time, that was the only way to get to God. Yes. He would, he would speak to them there. Yes. And so that's what I will share from, from my perspective for a long time in my own life, when we talked about the veil being torn, it took me a long time to really realize that it was the physical veil because I always imagined the metaphorical veil, which I feel like we talk about way more often than the physical veil that was there in the temple. Yes, which is why now we have the... When we say the Spirit of God can dwell within you, when mm-hmm. you when we even like in more of a childlike term say inviting Jesus into your heart... Mm-hmm. Y'all, the veil is torn. That's why we can have a prayer life personally with God. We don't have to go through a priest. We had a high priest yep. sacrificed on our behalf. Mm-hmm. And also there's an earthquake. Yeah. <laughs> no big deal. P.S. And the, and But even in that moment, everyone's saying, that'd be this, the son of God. That's right. That's when the that guards him. and everything, they were like, wow, mm-hmm. that surely was the son of God. With this being said, when we talk about the role of Christianity and, and culture and world culture, that this was the moment that people that goes down in books. There's a reason why this was the de- the defining year between we start AD BC, like that's right after death before you know before Christ, and it, it would this was a shared global experience. That's right, and people can deny and deny, but it's awful hard to, to trick and to swindle millions of people around the entire world. Yes. And we acknowledge the existence of Jesus and this event mm-hmm. simply with our calendar. Yeah. Which is amazing. Yep. Amazing. One of the most full circle moments for me was Nicodemus. Mm-hmm. We talked about him when we talked about John. Yep. So that was episode four of the what he said. And I know we've got to wrap up. Liz and I were like, this will be such a quick episode. Nope. We say that so many times. Yes. <laughs> 
We love talking about the Lord. We do. And so if you remember, Nicodemus was the Pharisee who came to Jesus in the middle of the night to mm-hmm. learn how to be born again. And so obviously he had a relationship with Jesus. He believed Jesus. Mm-hmm. And we see that after he is crucified, Joseph of Arimathea is the one that lets him, you know, have a tomb to be buried in. And Nicodemus brings 75 pounds yep. of ceremonial uh, burying material mm-hmm. and helps bury Jesus. Wow. The same man who was questioning him and wanted to learn more and did mm-hmm. learn more realized the real deal that Jesus was and honored his body one last time yep. with the greatest honor. And that was giving him a Jewish ceremonial burial. Yep. So then obviously we know three days later. Yeah. He's back. He's back. He's Guess back. Who's back. <laughs> back again. He sure is. And the people are baffled. Yes. They still don't believe y'all. I, I they wrote, finally do. Spoiler yes, alert. They, do. they finally do. I wrote I wrote down in my notes in in Mark chapter 16, 9 through 14, you know, essentially to paraphrase it, um, Jesus is back. That's what Mary, Mary, or excuse me, Martha and two other people said, Jesus is back. And then everyone else, air quote, no, he's not. <laughs> not as, Literally. No one believes any of them. They're like, he's back. And and there's so many other accounts of like he's like he sh- reveals himself he's here, and it takes him so long because context it's like seeing someone from school and like out of state on while you're on vacation yes. and you're like is that who I think it is I that can't be them. This is what blows my mind as a closet feminist. Mm-hmm. Who am I kidding? I'm not in the closet. <laughs> I'll, I'll, power of the female. <laughs> but Jesus revealed himself. And what would be the final straw of the gospel to two women first? It was two women first. They got to the tomb. Mm -hmm. There were two angels there. Mm -hmm. They said, who are you looking for? He is risen. Guards saw it as well. The the rock was moved away by Mm -hmm. the angel. And they were actually, this is in the Bible. I can't remember which book it's in. I think it is in Mark. They were paid off by the religious leaders, which is why, and the Bible says, the rumor that was paid off that someone stole Jesus's body mm-hmm. to fake a, resur- a resurrection is still believed to this day. Yeah. And that was just when the the gospels were written by their authors. Mm-hmm. So that hadn't been that much time. Yeah. But 2,022 years later, mm-hmm. that rumor is still believed by a lot of people to this day. Mm-hmm. But this, y'all, reading the gospels builds my faith so much because it talks about how many eyewitness accounts mm-hmm. there are. And I don't, so many. I don't want to get ahead of myself, but the end of the book of John is my absolute favorite conclusion to any book of the Bible. And it says... Uh, the same. This is the same disciple who was eyewitness. He's talking about himself. Mm-hmm. Who was eyewitness to all mm-hmm. these things and wrote them down. And we know that his eyewitness account is reliable and accurate. There are so many other things that Jesus did. If they were all written down, each of them, one by one, I cannot imagine a world big enough to hold such a library of books. Oh. So, y'all, apparently we don't even know the half of it. No. Which blows my mind and makes me so excited I can't for wait heaven. for story time with Jesus. Yes. Mm-hmm. He better be saying this one time. And yep. we're just going to be looking up like little kids. Yes. Like, I will gladly. Absolutely. Front row. Wow. 
Y'all, the story, the Easter story, I mean, we all, we, we celebrate Christmas because we love the story of Jesus, you know, being born of a virgin birth. But this was a choice. Yes. That he made. And that I don't doubt that I, I have no, I, I can say confidently that I would have never made. Oh, absolutely a, not. But him being, her, being God and human still chose to take on the sin of the world to be he separated knew what from he its, had to do. Yes. Not just suffering a gruesome death, but being physically and spiritually just separated from God. I mean, I cannot imagine. And I question daily, why would you ever love me so? And I just say, thank God, praise God. Thank you for your grace and mercy and love. Amen. How can it's a, Every day, every moment, we have an opportunity to to come to God and, and to worship Him. Yes, with our words and with our actions, um, with our hearts, with our obedience, with our faithfulness. And we all know how we're doing. Yeah, and we don't get it right one hundred percent of the time, but the Lord loves; He delights in in us coming to Him. Yes. He would not have gone through this much trouble Mm -hmm. if he did not want a relationship with you. And he wants one. That's right. He's calling on. He calls to you. If you're listening to this podcast, that this is proof that he is calling to you. And that's loving conviction. That is not condemnation. No. Condemnation, if you're feeling that, that is from the enemy. No, no, this is love. Girl, we stomp on that and let it go. Absolutely. We are a family. Quite literally. Our Heavenly Father longs for you, to care for you. And it's such it's the greatest gift we'll ever receive. Yes, we've got to acknowledge, one, our Creator, mm-hmm. and two, our own flawed sin, yep. sinful self. Mm-hmm. And the story of the gospel acknowledges both. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess that's it. That's today. it. Guys, we did promise a discussion about Jesus with our uh, our awesome friend group who has so much wisdom to give, but we um, did want to pause and reflect on Easter this week. So mm-hmm. we'll be bringing that to you hopefully next week. Yes. And then the following week, we're um, going to be talking about sharing the gospel. Yeah. Because that's a question that a lot of you have. I know we've touched on that before, but we're going to try to do it in a, a new, fresh way for you guys. We're so, so excited. Yes, but we we appreciate you guys listening. This is not a brag. This is just the faithfulness of the Lord. Wow. We have listeners in all 50 states <laughs> and in 52 countries. Oh, my gosh. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Like, we are, we are so blessed and thankful to get to delight in the goodness of God. Together. Together. With, yes. the, with this community. We love you all so much. We hope y'all have a great week. Happy Holy Week. And a happy Easter. Bye. Bye, guys. That's it for today, fam. Thank you so much for listening. And make sure to rate and subscribe. And don't forget to visit us on Instagram at Chosen Girls Movement or on our website to see our merch and free resources. And meet us back here next Tuesday.